Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer. Cat sitter. Cat sitter. We think we have a dead cat outside the door, but then it moved. Uh, <laughs> Just a neighborhood cat lounging on our... Yeah. Trying area. to get out of the heat, poor right. thing. Uh, yeah, there's some heat going on. Oh, crazy. Ugh. And uh, coming uh, to us from the Bay Area, Will Hottie Patati Schmidt. How are you, Will? I'm good. It's hot up here, too, but I don't think we got it as bad as y'all. Oh. Okay. You got some heat? Yeah, it was like 105 yesterday. What? Oh. I don't, I don't think we, well, I don't think we it, had 105. It wasn't 105, for sure. You had it worse than us. Yeah. But it's supposed to be 93 for like the next three days, and then it gets down into the 80s, so... Sweet. Not fun, not fun. We we got some crazy show today. We got a crazy show, a case study. Yeah, we're doing a case study. I want to do. We're gonna say their full name. No, nah, we from... won't okay. say their first name. But it's a guy named Walid. He's a, uh, and I think I'm saying that right, Walid. I don't even see the name anywhere, uh, so I yeah, couldn't tell how, you. You know how, how I, I pronounce things. Yeah, sure. so Wally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, it's, I wanted to kind of go over a case that's a little more complicated. You know, we've talked about cases before, you know, like maybe your diarrhea. Yeah, that was a that complicated case. coming back up. That's a recurring And it's subject. been a while since we've talked about Kenna's diarrhea. It's more leading to constipation these days. Okay, good job, yeah, good job. Okay. Um, so she fixed it really well then. I, yeah, I overcompensated. But a lot of times, if you've heard our shows before, we'll cover a topic, you know, like insomnia, and then we'll talk about three or four of the most common underlying causes and how to kind of look at your chemistry to get an idea of, you know, maybe it's this is the cause and I should try and work on this and see what that does. But sometimes we hear from folks or we have clients that just have situations that are just wacky and there's a lot of stuff going on and it's kind of hard to figure it out. So we kind of wanted to go over a really complicated one today just so we can kind of talk through the things that we would look at. Now, Waleed is not a client. Uh, we're not giving him any advice or uh, telling him what to do in this scenario. Uh, he just thought that our listeners might enjoy hearing about his situation and, and our thoughts or what we might do if this was us dealing with Although this. Although he'll never get a definitive answer. No. no. Yeah, not at all. He, we won't tell him what to do. But we'll, we'll give him some ideas of what to look at. And uh, it's really interesting when you're listening to this case study stuff. And this might take us a couple episodes because we got a lot oh, to Lord. talk about. Jeez, a Manetti. Yeesh. Um, but uh, Waleed sent me some questions and uh, on Facebook. And I looked at his profile and, and Waleed is ripped and jacked. He's like a total, he's like a trainer and he's totally whipped and jacked or he does some kind wow. of therapy, fitness kind of therapy stuff. Um, so when you hear how basically just debilitated he is, wow. he, is he's, he can barely function. Um, you always it, look at perfectly fit people and think, oh, they're perfect. Oh, they're they're in perfect health. It's all good. Yeah. 
Um, but his story reminds me a lot of mine, and there's a lot of similarities. Uh, like being jacked and ripped. Uh, yeah, that wasn't the one I was going to go to. <laughs> but, you know, I was a trainer and in shape when I got sick, and he's going through a lot of similar situations. So uh, I just think that it's interesting because most people think, like you said, oh, if they look good, they mm-hmm. must be good. Their but, life is perfect. Right. A lot of times just looking good, you can still have a lot of stuff broken. Mm. Like, I have no friends. Well, I know that. <laughs> it's like I that. Know that. Maybe that's a different thing. We'll, we'll go into that on in the that's next personality episode. personality stuff. Oh, okay. I, I get confused about all this. So, what I'd love you to do, Kenna, your name is Kenna. Yep. Hello. Uh, is, I just kind of want you to read some of the stuff that he's written into us. And I've asked him a few questions just so that we could go over more details on this episode. Okay. But first, if you haven't liked us on Facebook, go ahead and go to Kick It In The Nuts because that's where we post all of our show topics or ask you for your case so we can study you like uh-huh. a lab rat. Like a lab rat. And if you have any questions, we'll uh, try to answer them as best we can on the show. All right. I, I assumed everyone had already liked us on that page. because I mean, there's, yeah. there's like 240,000 followers and only four people listen to this and show. And you only paid for half of those. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> I got to send those people a check every month or they, right. or they unlike us. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Please help me. I have been dizzy, fainting, and sinking feeling for two years now. Non-fasting glucose reaches 59 after meals, even with foods like sweet potatoes, chicken, and kale. I came across your podcast when looking for resources on how to treat reactive hypoglycemia, which I believe I have a very severe case of. Probably not enough glucose in the brain. I have been suffering for two years undiagnosed. Saw nine different specialists who told me it was stress, anxiety, and depression. Depression, or that I'm suffering for auto, uh, suffering from autonomic nervous system dysfunction, like is it POTS or POTS? Yeah, POTS. It's a uh, postural or postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, and and what, and what that basically means is a. I think they diagnose it well. I don't know if you know about this, um, but they diagnose it well when someone takes their blood pressure, and then when they stand up and take their blood pressure or their pulse that the pulse rises uh, about 30 points. And this particular syndrome can create a lot of these symptoms like this. And, uh, you know, we we use that sitting to standing pulse raise as a marker as well. Um, Do you want to explain what we, how we view that when we see that happen? Yeah. we, We talk about this in our coach course where we look at someone taking their blood pressure and pulse in a totally supine or laying flat, on their back position and then uh, we take it as they start to stand up and come to a standing position as well and what we watch for is whether or not their blood pressure is like too high or too low or out of range but then also we watch their pulse and see how much it changes from the resting to standing position and usually if there's a change of more than 12 beats whether it usually goes faster as they stand up because of the work of standing up if they don't have enough like blood pressure and electrolytes to to keep their blood well dispersed as they stand up, their heart will have to work harder than it should have to. So their pulse will speed up considerably. So that we usually correlate with an electrolyte imbalance, whether it's the, whether the blood pressure is too high or too low would give an indication of an electrolyte excess imbalance or an electrolyte deficiency imbalance. And that doesn't just mean that you should eat or drink more or less electrolytes. There's a whole other ballgame about what's contributing to those imbalances, but it's a good marker to help us find which uh, side of the 
the homeostatic state that they're in. Right. So that's just one marker that we look at. And I had no idea that uh, that the medical world had just put like a syndrome on that because uh, apparently when that's the case, a lot of symptoms are going on. And that makes a lot of sense to us because if someone's electrolyte deplete, we know there's going to be a lot of symptoms. And if yeah. someone is having a hard time getting rid of electrolytes, we know that can bring on symptoms as well. So uh, it was interesting to me that uh, someone kind of told him, oh, this is probably what you have. And we kind of want to talk about, well, let's dig deeper. Let's not say, okay, I have this, so what drug do I need to take? We kind of want to look at what, what things would cause this. And, well, what I'd like you to do is, uh, because I don't know how much you've seen of this, of what, the case or anything, Will, but... Yeah, I read um, it. Yeah. So it, it doesn't seem like um, his dizziness, and it, first of all, he doesn't necessarily say it's dizziness. It, he sees it... It feels kind of like he's like falling or, or about to faint. Um, um, but he definitely has some of the markers that we see typically when we see people with vertigo issues, but not all of them. So we're going to dig into some deeper things. But I kind of wanted to explain to listeners what we most commonly see with a, a low electrolyte issue when someone's having vertigo issues and why they might experience that. Yeah, well, it is a matter of having enough blood to your brain in in this case of an electrolyte deficient person, and it, from all I don't, I we'll probably go through reading the rest of like his descriptions of his state, but it's there's a whole lot of symptoms going on, and it definitely sounds like his body's having is in a severely energy depleted state, probably for a number of different reasons. And it's just hard to get enough like fresh oxygenated blood and glucose to his brain to keep the lights on. So that, that can contribute a lot to um, confusion, depression, anxiety, as well as just like equilibrium, holding like, you know, keeping your balance, having your nerves have the energy that they need to send all the feedback to your brain to keep you well oriented in space. And whenever, whenever, those things are depleted, like we have a really hard time staying upright because it actually takes a whole lot of coordinated effort from a lot of different cells in our body to stand upright. Like that's a big thing. Right. There's a lot of amazing things that go on when we're doing that. So uh, like Will was saying at the beginning of this show that, um, you know, the, 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 the heart has to work harder when there's not enough minerals in the system and the, the blood can't keep dispersed so that everything functions correctly. So when minerals are deplete, which is very common, we see that with probably half of our clients and half the people that we hear from, um, it kind of can block the ability for all those signals to travel correctly from the body to the brain and even from the brain back to the body because a lot of those signals will bounce off of minerals. And so when there's not enough mineral in the system, it can restrict the ability for signals to travel correctly. So that's very common when we see these type of symptoms. But with Waleed, his blood pressure is in a good range, so we're going to kind of talk about some other things that can be contributing to this or how he could even be dealing with those issues even when his blood pressure is in range. So let's look a little more into his story a little bit, Kenna. Okay, it all started after a severe case of food poisoning overseas in Egypt, and my health severely took a plunge with a myriad of symptoms and life-draining illnesses. My main daily symptoms are dizziness, feeling faint, shakiness, chronic fatigue, and weak, heavy legs. Since struggling with this invisible nervous system illness, which I suspect was triggered by Omprazole? Omprazole? Omprazole. Omprazole. Uh, no. oh, I, I can't even... When, once somebody pronounces it wrong, I can't pronounce it right. 
Oh, Omnipro- um, it's basic. It's all the PPI drugs. It's one of those. Okay, Omprazole. He says it a million times. So sorry, I'm gonna butcher it. Good, rock on. Omprazole use use. Um, P- Omeprazole. That's what it is. Omeprazole. 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 Okay, Omeprazole use. P O T S like symptoms or adrenal. I now end up in the ER often. A few months ago, it started getting very severe after taking a course of PPI. Omeprazole. <laughs> you can just say PPI now. Okay, PPI. Course of PPI for esophageal irritation and stomach hunger pain that has never healed after my strong case of food poisoning that led to the GI uh, led the GI to diagnose me with post-infection IBS. On this journey of deteriorating health with IBS and malabsorption, I soon began experiencing ocular migraines, arrhythmia, PVCS, and ectoptic beats and dizziness. I have been, I've seen every doctor possible, have had a failed catheter ablation, ablation, ablation blah, blah, yeah. attempt, two endoscopies, given two courses of PPI, and weekly blood work. I can't talk. My health has worsened since seeing a naturopathic doctor who diagnosed leaky gut and adrenal dysfunction, but I also suspect histamine intolerance and maybe even mast cell activation. How does he train? I mean, well, he says that uh, he can usually go and just see one client a day. And And when I was on all of my PPIs and everything like that, uh, I was the same way. I would go and see a client and then I would have to come home and take a nap for about three hours. And I might, I might be able to go see another one after that day. You know, one thing interesting, though, is uh, apparently he's dealing with a lot of tachycardia stuff and a lot of fast racing pulse rate kind of stuff. And you can see that he had a failed catheter ablation attempt. And what that is is where they, they stick this e. thing uh. up through your, one of your major veins, Oof. either your arm or leg or something like that, to get to your heart. And they try to, like, destroy some of the tissue around there so that it doesn't beat out of control have you heard of this will i haven't yeah so that like that's their attempt to fix the problem is to ruin a little bit of the heart so that it it doesn't optimally work as well i, I don't even understand but catheters went up your pee well that's a that's a one, one type, type of catheter yeah so um you know i i will say that what we see a lot and this is not all the time but when we get to some of wally's numbers you can see that he's going to fit into this category is we talk a lot on this show about an imbalance between the anabolic and catabolic state. And that's basically, uh, in the day we're supposed to be catabolic and at night we should move more anabolic at the cellular level. And that's kind of when we rebuild and repair stuff. But in this anabolic state, some people kind of get stuck there most of the time instead of switching back and forth between night and day. And when someone's severely stuck on anabolic state, their pulse will often go very high. And uh, when somebody can improve that imbalance, this, I'm doing finger quotes, tachycardia issue that they're dealing with and this racing pulse issue will often go to normal because they're not stuck in that anabolic state all the time. Do you see clients do this too, Will? I do, yeah. I I think I'm, I, uh, a huge concern, we talked about his blood sugar being like super, super low, even after eating a carbohydrate-rich meal. And I think that that's a huge thing that can contribute to um, the issue in addition to what you're talking about with the anabolic imbalance. And the blood pH regulation ties into that, like what, what kind of um, fuel it has available. And if it has fuel at all available, that's, gonna, that's going to affect the pH 
different molecules that are either being able to be metabolized or exotoxins from these bacteria that are in his digestive system compromising the pH of the blood and the energy availability. I think all of those things are contributing to this issue. When we look at some people that just create an anabolic imbalance through something like, like bodybuilding steroids or too many of the wrong kinds of amino acids or fats, um, that, that can be, I think, a simpler fix. But I think what he's dealing with has a lot to do with um, like severe flora imbalances in his digestive system. If you're a health, fitness, or nutrition professional, check out our other podcast, Six Figure Health Pro. We dig into the latest marketing techniques and business growing strategies for health professionals. To learn how to take your business to the next level, search for Six Figure Health Pro on iTunes or Stitcher, or go to sixfigurehealthpro.com to learn more. Now do what you're told. Right, so let's look at a couple things that you just kind of covered there. Um, because when we look at this, you know, racing pulse, I don't view that as something that's going to cause fainting, falling, feeling, or dizziness. But you do, it can be a huge confirmation that someone is likely dealing with an anabolic imbalance. And we can talk about some issues that may lead to some of these problems with that anabolic imbalance. So let's hit the blood sugar thing first, because um, he talks about that his non-fasting blood sugar because uh, sometimes go as low as 59. But he says in the last uh, month or so that he hasn't been seeing it going that low, but he still gets the same symptoms. So mm-hmm. one interesting thing to think about, though, is that he he sent over even some blood work that he, he sent like 40 pages of tests that he's had done in the last couple of years. I mean, this looks like he's had like every test possible done. But uh, his urine pH from those tests was seven and his specific gravity was super low. Um, so he had some other markers that really looked like he was leaning anabolic. And when we see urine pH that high, Will, do you want to talk about how it can be a little, uh, over aggressive? I mean, it can cause the insulin, uh, or correlate with insulin being overly aggressive and what that can do to blood sugar. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing I think we teach in the coach course where, the strength of insulin and different enzymes and different hormones and things like that can have um, more or, or in, like enhanced or diminished effect depending on the pH. Like, for example, pepsinogen is an enzyme that helps break down protein and it's only active if it's a very, very low pH, like in the stomach. So the hydrochloric acid and, and pepsin work together to uh, break down protein. So Another like pH sensitive hormone is insulin, and when we see the urine pH being really high, then we we often will see correlation with the strength of insulin being increased. And insulin's role is to help shuttle glucose into the cells. So if the insulin that he's secreting is um, hyper powerful because of this pH uh, in or this pH drift then we'll see the blood sugar levels will drop faster. Right, and, and he said the reactive hypoglycemia, which I thought was interesting. I kind of view most hypoglycemia as it being reactive, as in a person eats a carbohydrate, their insulin is a little too powerful and pushes too much blood, I mean too much sugar, glucose, out of the bloodstream, and so their blood sugar drops too much, and they, whatever symptom they're dealing with with that hypoglycemia occurs. But, Will, can you talk for a second about what might happen if this went on too long um, and how 
you know, that can cause a stress and how stress hormones can trigger the body to kind of break itself down to make its own glucose. And that may be keeping his blood sugar higher, even at a time when he's starting to crash. Yeah. So for whether it's from his insulin being too strong and, and shoving all that glucose into the cells too quickly, or maybe some uh, compromise where he's not actually assimilating the nutrition from his food, whatever the reason, if there's not enough glucose present in the bloodstream, the cells still need energy to run all the time. And if they don't have it, you'll die. So <laughs> right. go about and finding it and creating it if it isn't readily available. So some uh, likes to ideally run off of glucose that's just floating around in the bloodstream and there for fuel. Um, but if it's not available, then it'll do a couple of different options. One is to make glucose, and it can do that from either pyruvate, which uh, is a fuel source that you derive from protein. Your liver can store that, and you can also access that by breaking down your own proteins and then through a process called gluconeogenesis you create glucose from that pyruvate it's a protein derived and you can also go into fatty acid metabolism where you break for, uh, fats down into ketones and use that for fuel so some cells are better at um, being uh, capable of either or metabolic pathway and some cells like your brain just run really mostly on, on glucose and it's um, they can, you know, eventually like, through multiple extra steps get energy from fat, but the brain especially really likes to use glucose as its fuel source. And some other cells like muscles are better at, they have like they have a lot of capacity to run off of, mus of glucose or fats. So different systems of the body will be impacted at to different degrees depending on what their preferred fuel sources are and the kind of functions you're demanding of your body right and then and the body's preference to that could you know vary from week to week but also from hour to hour so yeah. depending yeah. on you know what the body's needing at the time and what's available those symptoms could arise for different reasons one interesting thing to kind of back up the thought that will was just having there is that waleed says a little later here that he says he's lost like 10 pounds already and can't stop losing weight no matter what he does and that could be the case of his body basically eating itself because if it's not getting what it needs and it's having to break down its own tissue to create that glucose because maybe blood sugar levels are dropping too low, then that would be a way for a body to possibly deteriorate. Yeah. Um, let's go on just a little bit more and I want hit to hit this list of symptoms before we talk about a few more things. Okay. Waleed's list of symptoms. Constant dizzy. Uh, I think we skipped... We skipped one more thing right before that. Yeah, I usually. Oh, okay. Feel, okay. I usually feel like I'm in a. Uh, I usually feel like I'm in a bad spell mostly all day long, except right when I wake up till I eat. Then usually a while after eating, it seems to get even worse, which is counterintuitive since I usually want to eat in hopes it will stop the dizziness. Sorry, I know that's not super helpful. I think that's going to be super helpful. We're going to come back to that, back to that oh, after. Oh, you were helpful, Waleed. Yeah, way to go. Good job. Okay, so this is his <laughs> list of symptoms. Constant dizziness. This is three pages, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's a long list. Constant dizziness when standing up with a rise in heart rate of at least 30 to 40 breaths per minute. Uh, beats per minute. Beats per minute, sorry. Always dizzy when standing. Feeling faint when standing still for more than a few minutes. 
feeling of blood pooling to legs and feet like I'm going to collapse to my feet. Arrhythmia, irregular heartbeats, PVC, S. PVCs. PVCs, whatever. Uh, bad digestive issues, GERD, stomach hunger pain, upper chest pain during and after eating. Big meals trigger severe dizzy fainting spells. Wake up with burning chest pain like a chest cold and want to cough phlegm. Suffer from cold hands and feet even when it's warm out. Always feel dehydrated and thirsty, dry mouth, even though I drink four liters of water a day. That might be a big thing. Right. Good one, Kenna. Yeah. Hey. Urinate a lot during the day and wake up during the night to urinate two to three times. Signs of hypoglycemia. Middle chest pain, feeling of phlegm in chest, tingling and numbness in hands and feet, especially feet. Very irritable. Always wake up very fatigued no matter how much I sleep and always feel fatigued by 2 or 3 p.m. Always feel dizzy as soon as I rise from bed as if I will collapse and faint. Muscle spasms. Have headaches very often and neck tension. Extreme sluggishness in my legs like it's taking so much effort to walk. That was a lot of stuff. Ooh, Waleed. I'm tired just reading it. Yeah, I'd tell you to sit down, but he says he doesn't always feel great when he sits down. It can cause dizziness. And you can tell he's irritable. Each each email he sent me opened opened with piss off bastard. It was really weird, but I guess that that makes sense since his symptoms are making him irritable. Yeah, there you go. So there we have it, Will. That's a lot of stuff for uh, for stuff. someone to be dealing with, and uh, I, I feel his pain. I remember a lot of that similar stuff. But when we look at a lot of these, all of a sudden, some things start to make some sense, and that doesn't mean that we're going to lock down a reason that you're feeling faint and dizzy, but I think that what the point that we're going to get across in this uh, two-part episode is that there's a lot of stuff going wrong. And sometimes when you don't know exactly what the underlying cause is, you can still look at your physiology and see enough things that are wrong enough that you can get the gist that I bet if I fixed some of these things that I have a chance of some of these problems improving. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I I know that there's a lot of different symptoms and maybe there's some things that he can do like kind of momentarily to shift some of his numbers, whether he finds like, a, dip, a certain type of carb or electrolyte source that helps him feel less dizzy. But I think um, my best guess is that he he really needs to um, focus for a while on restoring the sort of uh, cleanliness of his intestinal tract, the effectiveness of his stomach in killing off the bacteria that's present so he can absorb food killing off whatever pathogenic bacteria are in his small and large intestine and just really work on reestablishing healthy flora Um, because all these other things like the blood sugar stability, the tingling, uh, he probably gets low-grade cramping in his extremities as well, the grinding, the stress state, the the grinding teeth, the the fight-or-flight sort of aggression that he feels. All of that speaks of like a huge energy depletion and I think because he's not able to get the nutrition from his food and the bacteria in his in his digestive system is creating a lot of exotoxins and it's like, you know, billions of little parasites draining him of the food of the nutrition in his food and excreting out toxins that his body then has to combat all the time yeah when we get to his numbers in a minute you're going to see his blood pressure is 123 over 64 which is a pretty strong indication of a a, being stuck in a sympathetic state and 
I think it was just a week or two ago that you explained a lot about uh, how that state can cause problems with extremities. And I'm going to have you explain that shortly uh, in just a second, too, again. But, um, you know, when someone's overly hypoglycemic like that and blood sugar is dipping, it's a huge stress to the body. So um, that sympathetic fight-or-flight state is made so that if you're being chased by a lion, that your body is basically going to move into a, a gear that is going to give you more fuel to operate, to run away or fight this lion. But the same way that that's a stress, blood sugar going extremely low or nutrients not being available can be a stress to the body as well and can push it into this fight-or-flight state. Do you you want to just expand on that a little, Will, and then talk about why that can cause problems to the extremities? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a huge thing for me that propelled me into getting into this work. Uh, Initially, was I I had intense tingling, cramping, clenching, gnawing, and pain that started in my feet and then spread up my legs and hands and torso. And it was, um, there was a couple things off. One of the biggest things though was my body was stuck in a fight or flight state. And for me, it was a very different reason. Like I didn't have food poisoning and that sort of thing. But I, I had abused like pre-workout stimulant stuff for about 12 to 14 years. So I just like tweaked my nervous system directly as opposed to what I think this is more indirectly right? in his case. And it shunted. And when you're in the fight or flight state, you you can you can Google it and see like all the different physiological things that your body does when it goes into that mode. And part of it is to run away from a tiger. But another part of it is if you're super low on fuel, you want to go get fuel. So it'll like make your body better at doing things like hunting and gathering so you can get, you know, energy back into your system. And part of those some of those things include shunting blood flow from away from your extremities and uh, shuttling it more towards your larger muscle groups, which are more important for fighting, and also helps prevent you bleeding out if you get cut in a fight. So you'll have less um, blood flow to your extremities for that reason, also. And it changes your inclination and in your nervous system to deprioritize digestion because you're more about trying to catch something rather than uh, digest it yet. Right. Because, uh, you know, how often is your body going to? optimize being able to weigh out being able to run away from a tiger and eat a sandwich at the same time it's not what your body's going to do it's smarter than that so when there's an emergency it's going to put resources towards that emergency and the problem is that digestion takes um, probably more resources than just about anything else our body does so when you're in a state where the body is pushing resources away from that function there's a lot of problems that can come yeah if, yeah. you'd, if you'd like to learn how to become a health coach or even just dig into more advanced teachings for yourself or your family, go to healthprocourse.com to learn about Tony and Will's course for coaches. Registration for this course only opens to the public for about a week at a time, so be sure to register for the coach newsletter so you'll be notified when the next registration opens. You'll find more info at healthprocourse.com. So you can tell that wasn't recorded since Will like yeah. interrupted in mm-hmm. the middle of it. It's real. It's yeah, happening it's real. Now. It's happening right now. No, no nets. Mm-hmm. We can't be stopped. Why I have all the mistakes. Yeah. So, you know, one thing is when you're looking at that sympathetic state that that, uh, Waleed appears to be in, and I didn't ask him if he is having any sex problems or not, um, but a lot of times if a guy is having some sex problems, and we talked about that on our erectile dysfunction and sex drive episode 
Um, a lot of those older episodes, when we mention these and they can't find them on iTunes, you got to go to kickitnaturally.com to find our full list of all the old ones because iTunes only keeps about 100. I'm seeing erectile dysfunction blow up right now. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, but a lot of times that's caused by someone being stuck in that sympathetic state and blood can't get to the extremities. And during sex, there's some extremities you want mm-hmm. to utilize. Yeah. Um, anyway, so if that's a problem, Waleed, this, that's a good sign of, uh, of why that could be happening. Now, again, the sympathetic imbalance that appears to be going on, it doesn't, I don't view that as fix that and you're not going to feel like you're falling or dizzy anymore, but it's just a sign of, look, a lot of things are going wrong, um, and need to be improved. And, uh, Let's go over his medications really quick, and then we're probably going to have to wrap up, and we'll talk into his supplements uh, next week. anything about the water. Yeah, we're going to get to that, too. Okay. Yeah. Medication. I was put on PPI after my endoscopy. Took those about two to three months at 40 milligrams a day before it completely stopped my digestion and started all my symptoms progressively one by one. Heart arrhythmia, dizziness, vertigo, chronic fatigue at noon, heavy dragging legs, easily cold, cold hands and tingling in fingers, gastritis, hunger pain, reflux, chest pain, excessive urination, sensitive teeth and bleeding gums, hypoglycemia and nocturia constipation, yellow-greenish stool, teeth grinding at night and neck pain, and anxiety. So when we look at a lot of these symptoms, a lot of them make sense for um, someone who has been taking a a PPI or someone who had some type of uh, food poisoning uh, infection or something where bacteria may have gotten in there and either alkalized the stomach from their waste because all their waste is often very alkaline and can kind of neutralize the stomach acid that's supposed to break down our food for us. So that could be one problem. We know the PPIs just flat out turn off stomach acid. So if you've been on that, a lot of people... Uh, most people won't have the ability to make stomach acid, but even when they go off of that PPI, some people take up to a year or more before their body is fully making the proper amount of stomach acid again. So uh, I don't really have an understanding of why that happens for some people, but it seems to be like a 50-50 situation where some people can get their stomach making acid again quickly and others it takes a long time even after they've stopped the PPI completely and it sounded like from Waleed that he's been on and off the PPIs a few different times too so that could be part of the problem but look Will do you want to talk about some of these symptoms we just went over with that they would they would come easily from an inability to make enough stomach acid or improper bile flow yeah I mean absolutely so He's been in this state for two years now, and you know his body has started really tapping into its own tissues for energy, and we see that in the 10 pounds of weight that he's lost. Uh, we see that energy-depleted state in the nerves. So the nerves and the muscles, like the tingling and the numbness and the... I thought mind. he was going to say the nerves of the doctors who put him on that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean... The the muscle spasms, tingling, this is an energy depletion state. So when our muscles don't have enough ATP, which is the molecule that they make from the fuel that they're using, they will go into spasm and they'll be stuck in contraction. And we see that like in dead people, the rigor mortis, the tissue contraction, because it takes it does take ATP to activate muscle contraction, but it also takes ATP to relax it again. And nerves also 
takes energy to activate them, also takes energy to relax them. So that constant pain that he's feeling, the tingling and the numbness and the, um, the, the fibromyalgia stuff, all of that is the nerves being stuck in an excited state. Just like the muscles that are spasming, they're stuck in their contracted state. So we need to get it so he has enough ATP to certain, you know, to for all his tissues to function correctly and for his nerves to cool. function correctly. Mm-hmm. And he need like to get that to be the case, there's a huge source of energy depletion, I think probably coming from the exotoxins in his digestive system and also huge energy depletion coming from his almost probably complete or maybe not complete but like extreme restriction of assimilation of the nutrition that he's eating so i don't he didn't we haven't gotten into talking too much about what he's eating but at this point it may not really matter matter so right yeah he because, could because it sounds like he's eating great food but if you're not digesting it you might as well be yeah. eating the tv guide but like i don't know like his i think he needs if i was him I would really focus on the root of the problem, which is his the root of his body, like the digestive system. It's the root system of the body. And he, I think he needs to take a more serious approach to really getting a handle on what pathogens are in his um, are in his stomach and in his small intestine. And they can check for these things in stool samples and breath tests and such. And you can see you can see like what off gases are being created, what things are actually present in your stool. And then take a very systematic approach to trying to repopulate the flora with healthy probiotics and re-establish um, proper function of the digestive organs like the stomach acid, the bile flow, the pancreatic enzymes. And like, there's one note, I don't know if we mentioned, I don't know if you read this line or not yet, but he said he took one pill of D-limonene one time and he started falling asleep instantly so he didn't take it anymore. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to me, that's not a sufficient attempt to cleanse your gut. Like that, that is like, that is uh, not even a warm-up. To right, because there's a lot that has to happen. And, yeah. But that's not that's a very common thing that we see, um, and, and we see that with HCL as well. So and, and think about this. Say you have, your stomach is filled with bacteria. When you put in either a, a, an HCL capsule or something that's going to wipe out bacteria, the bacteria are real pissed about that. They're not very happy about that, and they're going to activate and create a lot of off gases, and, and it's going to get, you know, acid mixing with this alkaline mess that they create creates this fizzy goop that's just creating all of this discomfort in that person. So they think, oh, well, this isn't right for me. This makes me worse, so I'm not going to do this. But yeah. sometimes you have to be a little more aggressive to wipe out enough of the bacteria that you can start to make these things Effective. So we're going to co- get into deeper into that um, when we do the rest of this uh, next week. Um, but real quick, I, I wanted to touch on the fact of, you know, what you were saying about some of these digestive uh, symptoms that are clearly demonstrating that there's a digestive problem. Um, you know, when you were talking about how the, those cells need ATP and everything to function and they're, you know, twitching and all that kind of stuff. Um they also need minerals to function correctly. So there's a lot of different things that can go wrong for a person to have tingling and weird feelings in their extremities. Um, and the reality is that poor digestion could cause all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. And I, I also think uh, a little bit of a pep talk for him could be, <laughs> I remember earlier he said that he's been to every doctor possible. <clears throat> and that's, 
I, maybe it's um, every doctor practically possible, but I don't. I know he has not been to every doctor in the world. Right. I, what I told him, I said, is that uh, I went to twenty three, so I was ahead of you. <laughs> so yeah. I, I I won that contest. But <coughs> what the point that I really wanted to get across to him and anybody else who's dealing with something freaky like this is that don't give up. You know, you. It's likely that most people with these situations have gone to doctor after doctor after doctor. And they're looking for answers from the individuals who are trying to cover up the symptoms instead of looking at what the real cause is. It's just not in their training. So sometimes when we want to fix something like this, our choice, our only option is to figure it out ourselves or to figure it out with the help of some type of natural practitioner who understands the human body and how to look at it and get the signals of what's really going on with the body instead of just operating off the symptoms. So when we go over this more next week, we're going to look at some of the supplements that he's been using. We're going to look at the numbers that he's gotten from his self-test, and maybe we can figure out some more stuff into this. So Waleed, hang in there. Keep fighting the good fight, and we're going to dig in. one more yeah, week, you gotta wait one week. It's been two years. You got another week. What's it's another no week? Yeah, you got this. Um, so... For now, we can point him towards the digestive issues course to get started. Yes. Right. So he's getting he has he has gotten started on that okay. already. So that is that is going to be your foundation of what you want to fix because there's a lot to fix here. But those things that Will was talking about, getting a stool sample, figuring out what the bacteria is, what is the bad guys in there, who do, how do we kill them? None of that really matters if you don't fix digestion first because you left the door open for other bad guys to come in. Mm-hmm. We gotta we gotta get the the barrier there that kills all the bad guys coming in on the food that we eat. Yep. Today, all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from Audible.com. Just go to Kick It in the Nuts. Audible.com. Dot com. That never gets tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> slash audiobook for the details. All right, so that's it. Yeah, on, so we're gonna, on Waleed for today. Poor Waleed. But we're gonna rock with you some more next week, Waleed. All right, Waleed. If you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the almost free four-week digestion course at kickitnaturally.com or head on over to Will Schmidt's MyBodyOfKnowledge.net. He's got a lot of great videos and uh, articles and all kinds of stuff on there, so check it out. Cool. See you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.